And we're live. We're back. Welcome to episode two of Spencer Burke Podcast. Uh, Parker, make sure you sit closer to the microphone. We are yep. working on getting some new microphone arms because these are the most generic ones you can get. But hey, you know what? We're making it work. Uh, Parker, we just finished up the episode one. It is currently live. W- how are you feeling? What's going through your head? What's going on? Yeah, I think episode one did really well. Um, just basically talked about a variety of different subjects, but um, <laughs> I just saw on the notes that you put a uh, uh, interesting type of photography. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping you wouldn't see it till we got through it. Yeah, um, I just saw it. Well, we're going to jump into it. So the first episode was about a couple builds that we had featured, and I figured that would be a good thing to go back into again is talking about some individual cars that uh, we like to talk about. I mean, for me, like I could go on and on about Lambos and Porsches and stuff like that, but I'm very passionate for the BMW community, which Parker is too. Yep. And we, Parker and I were going to Chick-fil-A a couple of days ago, actually last week, one week from today on Saturday. And it was um, during this time with the, the, the sickness going around and dude, the Chick-fil-A drive-thru was so funny. That was so organized. Yeah. They had it like all, like there was like three different sections and like <laughs> you ordered at the window and then you paid and then basically you had to like go around to the front and wait for them to bring it out to you. And they had gloves on and stuff. It was so funny. They had like cones out and you had, to, I felt like I was doing an autocross in San Diego at Qualcomm. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a Chick-fil-A, man. I'm just trying to get my breakfast. We got some coffee. It was Parker's first time having Chick-fil-A breakfast, man. What did you think about it? I thought it was really good. I had the uh, chicken sandwich. So it was like egg whites and then a chicken breast uh, with a little bit of cheese in there. And mm. I put the Chick-fil-A sauce. It was so good. I've never had Chick-fil-A breakfast. So it was like. Kind of a game changer for me. It was a little treat. I've had it a couple of times. I'm not a huge fan, but I, I like the little hash browns and a little hockey puck format. I love those things. Oh, man. yeah. They're tiny, just like little snack size. They're so good. Well, okay, enough about Chick-fil-A. Sorry for making you guys hungry right now because Parker and I are both starving. It's currently 3.30 on Saturday, and uh, we're the only ones here in the office. Uh, I just finished up uploading a YouTube video of doing a tour of the office and a day in the life of uh, basically Parker and I's life for social media marketing. And Parker edited the podcast and he's editing his own vlog and I put yep. up all the videos. So we've been, and, and also we worked, we had to work for the freaking company today. So yeah, we put, we did a lot of stuff today. I was walking around filming I posted all sorts of good stuff. Well, I'm, I'm excited to make content on such a daily basis and it's not even annoying. Like I love doing this stuff. So we'll, we'll jump into it. So going back to Chick-fil-A, Parker and I were going out to get uh, breakfast and we were driving and we saw this champagne quartz bmw m4 which i understand is an individual color it is one of the craziest colors i've ever seen i've never liked a champagne car you know you see like a, a toyota camry in champagne you're like that is like the worst color why don't you pick white or, or something else or black but yeah when you look at it on an m4 especially in a color that's so special that that's a crazy color and it shifts throughout the sun too depending on what, what way you look at it well it almost has like a holographic effect to it because i think it has a layer of metallic it has a layer of pearl somewhere in there, which kind of gives it that vibrant look when the sun hits it right. Um, so in the sun, it's just insane. I, I was blown away. I was like, I don't like this color, but it looks good. And then we gave him a thumbs up, and then Parker did a huge pull, and then I screamed out the window. So we kind of looked like idiots, but I bet that guy was probably stoked. That was just such a – I put it on TikTok. It got 40,000 views, and I was like, all right, I guess people like it. But it was mostly because Parker was like, shampoo in the background, <laughs> super <Shampoo>. loud. <laughs> But yeah, that, that thing was sick. And Parker, you put in the notes here to talk about one of our clients' simple details. They did a 5 Series in this color? Yeah, so th- one of the new M550i's, uh, they it, they just had it in um, in that exact same color. 
I think they corrected it and then they applied some Expel paint protection film. So yeah, it's a beautiful car and I've seen a ton of different pictures of it. Yeah, I think it's definitely unique, but I think going into the, the whole individual world, I'm not really educated on it. Um, I worked for McLaren for a couple of years and I know their MSO systems and I know a couple of things with uh, Taylor made Ferrari and all that. But the funny thing is, man, I really don't know a lot about individual. I know you can do like colors and stitching and, and stuff like that, but I don't, I, I don't really know much about the whole individual thing. Do you? Um, I haven't looked into it like crazy, but I know basically the color possibilities are endless. It's just kind of depends on what you can get an allocation for. Cause I know there's cars that are painted in Ferrari red and Dude, I was just going to say that different other like manufacturer color colors. So um, but I know the paint options are super expensive. That's why all the cars that are like individual hold their value um, so much more than just the standard colors. That makes sense. Yeah. Chris from RBP Collision in Oregon, he has an M5 in Ferrari red and he yeah. sent me the photos when he, he ordered it brand new. And I was like, dude, that, that color is insane. But I know that you can't just do that from like a the dealership walk in and be like, I want that. It's more of you got to place an order and everything, but there, I, I don't know if this is individual, um, but Last night I was on Facebook going through a couple things and this morning and I, I belong to a group called the uh, BMW E90X M3 V8 Owners Club and it's about 7,000 people I think and I, I post there pretty I post there pretty often and there was a guy who posted a picture of his, uh, I believe, is that a... Yeah, I could hear that through geez, the that bike was ripping down the freeway. He has a Monte Carlo Blue E90 and he posted a picture of it in his driveway and it's in the shade. It looks so good. That yeah. color is nuts. It almost reminds me of uh, Estoro Blue on the E46 M3s. It's kind of the same shade. It but really does look like that. Yeah, Monte Carlo is a really nice color. Actually, one of my buddies uh, has a 335 in this color. It looks so good. It's just the way that it kind of like shows the body lines. And I think just in general, the E90 is my favorite car, and I, I really want one again. But this color shows the body lines and i realized too it doesn't have a black roof or a sunroof so it's so much blue with a lot of black contrast yeah i think that looks really good i love the carbon fiber roof on the m3s but there's something special about a full body color car yeah that looks really good i, I would do a black roof but i also think this color suits the car well and it it's sick but let me let me jump into this dude i'm freaking out and last night when i found it i was going nuts dude i was I posted on my Instagram, I posted on my Facebook, I put out my Instagram stories. I had so many people hit me up and the, I think it's got like, I don't know, like a hundred comments and a thousand likes on my Spencer Burt garage page. But last night I was on Facebook and some dude decides to post up a picture of his E90 painted in Interlagos blue, Oh yeah. six speed manual, okay, slick top with cloth interior. The only thing that could make it more purist would be a single hump car, which means it doesn't have navigation, but this is still like where was this car 5 years ago when I when I wanted my E90? I mean, everyone's holding on to these cuz I mean, you don't you never see these. Never. This I freaked out. So it's a 2011 manual ZCP, which is the competition, slick top, cloth interior, Interlagos blue, 55,000 miles, zero paintwork, nothing that's done in the car besides the M performance exhaust. The dude wants 44500 for it, um, and it's a unicorn, and people are commenting like, oh, it's not worth it. That's a base model M3, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, this is, I paid forty k for mine with the same mileage. Mine's a manual. Mine was a manual. Rest in peace to my E90. I miss it so much, but he did a lot to it, and he got, he's got new tires and all this stuff, and he wants to go into a GT3, but dude, I, I literally sat up in my bed, and I was like, there's no way this car's on the market right now. If I had the money, I would buy it right now and hold on to it. 
Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people like to talk negatively about um, kind of cars like this that are the stripper spec, essentially. Um, but all it really takes is one person that sees value in it, and someone will buy it like pretty quickly. And that's me. I'm raising my hand on yeah. the video format. That That is me. I'm 100% into this car. Uh, majority of these cars, from my understanding, were Le Mans blue. That's more of a popular color. And then if it was Interlagos blue, um, it would have like a, a dove interior or cinnamon sometimes, which is it's pretty rare. But when I was looking for mine, it had to be Interlagos. It could not be Le Mans. It had to be a six-speed manual. It had to be all black interior, and it had to be a 09 plus, so it's LCI. I didn't like the 08 style. Um, and also, if you want to get geeky, the different rod barrier material too. But I, dude, I, I want this car, Parker. I want this so bad right now. Do it. You won't. I know, I know. <laughs> I want a GT3 RS, but it's okay. I, I was just freaking out, and I wanted to share it with everybody because it's a big deal to me. I had um, my friend Brandon Watson, who's a big BMW guy, and he's like the BMW genius now, and we go way back, and he sent me a DM freaking out, and we were both like probably both crying together in different states over the phone, but it was <laughs> so crazy to find this online. So good luck to this guy selling the car, and good luck to the, the buyer. You're a very lucky person. I would pick this up right now if I was in a position to, but yeah, dude, I... I don't know, Parker. I'm freaking out over this thing. I, can't, I have to scroll down and get away from these pictures. Yeah, I like Interlogus Blue, but I have to say it's not my favorite color um, out of what's out there. I think if I were to get a you know, E90 or E92 M3, it would have to be Melbourne Red. Melbourne Red is like, I don't know why, but that's my favorite uh, color for that generation. It looks great on the car. I mean, I, I understand completely. I'm just obsessed with blue because my E30 was blue and it has like a nostalgic feeling to me. But yeah. I I don't know. I've never seen a bad color on an E90 ever. I don't think I, I mean, if it was like olive green, I'd still be down for it. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, it, the body style just looks great with basically anything. Yeah, I agree. Well, Parker, this next subject is all you, man. Take it away. Yeah, so I saw a video. I was scrolling through uh, Bowdoin Auto House's videos and... Uh, I found the owner of this Koenigsegg CCX, I think it's the RS version. Um, but yeah, they did like a, they must have done a titanium exhaust on it. So I'll insert a clip of that right here. Just because I thought it sounded so amazing that I thought we should bring it up. Um, but yeah, enjoy that little clip right now. I I have to say that sounds so sick. I have heard so many cars in my life, and that thing, it, I have to say the one word would be terrifying. Yeah, and the fact that it gets louder as it gets away from the, <laughs> the camera, it just means the microphone couldn't like process it up close. So it's wild, and I hopefully one day I can have something like that. I think my favorite Koenigsegg is the Agar R, mm -hmm. uh, the one that they did all their testing with, the red one. Yep. That thing is beautiful. I don't even really like the RS. So give me the R. I'm cool with that. <laughs> You're okay with that one? Yeah. Yeah, Bowden's killing it, man. I know Josh, the owner, and all those guys, and I've I've known them since they had a tiny shop over um, in Irvine, kind of where Precision is right now um, by the airport. And I, I went there to film my exhaust getting installed from IPE. And I had a, a really fun time filming there and they had a really good crew and they always worked on the coolest cars and they always had like the craziest in their lobby. But I had my, one of my videos go viral there. I hit 1.4 million views on my, um, my IP exhaust and it was, it was cool to have that happen at, at Bowdoin and then seeing their shop grow to what it is today and then seeing them on the daily driven exotics channel and then 
their Instagram's blowing up and they, they work a lot with um, big companies like Rotiform and those guys. And it's cool because they do trucks, they do um, BMWs. And then now they're like so heavily involved with supercars. They're doing Carrera GTs and Bugattis. And I mean, who else is doing that in Southern California? I mean, in general, there's like, there's like not a lot of shops that are like mainly focused on exotics. Um, and they're just doing, you know, one-off cars and crazy Koenigseggs, which is really hard to get into. But I think they've, Prove their reputation after years and years. Um, that being said, I want to say that the IP exhaust on your E90 was by far my favorite setup. <laughs> I love that. I remember we went to Rancho Santa Fe Secret Car Club, and I think you were with me, and we were driving through the forest. And I remember that. I was getting goosebumps because it was echoing like yeah. 7 a.m., all the trees, all the back roads, and it was just screaming down the road. I know. I, I hope someday you get another one of those because I know it was like kind of restrictive with that. I remember you made a video on it, how it had like the super small piping. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the sound on that was just amazing. That makes the car open up to a whole different level of like, how is this even possible? So I I agree. It was obnoxious for me. I enjoyed it because it was my first time having a car that, that intense and that crazy. But I I don't know. That was way too much for me. I enjoyed having the valve system on it to open and close it. That's why I like doing the, the valve tronic systems. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just me being younger, but I like the cars that are just stupid loud. <laughs> I do too. I'm just starting to get a little bit more conservative just because I'm sick of getting so many tickets. Yeah. No, I feel that. Tickets yeah. are not fun. No, not at all. Uh, you posted a 1M this morning on uh, your N54 builds page and I was like, yo, that thing looks like so much fun. Yeah, so I was talking with a shop. I think they're in Germany, uh, AMT Motorsport. Okay. And yeah, they have this 1M track tool that I guess is the owner's car. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about it and kind of talk about what it has as KW Competition three-way coilovers, BBS ED8s, uh, yes. Acrovobic. I don't even know how to say that. Acrovobic. Oh, is that how you say it? Uh -huh. All right, well, it has their, their downpipes, um, Sparco bucket seats, CAE shifter, yes. AP racing brakes, and a bunch of carbon. So That I'll, thing is loaded. I'll throw up another picture of that on the screen right now because it was amazing. Anytime I see E88s, I'm like, yo, I'm in 100%. Yeah, <laughs> that, the thing good on pretty much every car. I agree. The thing we were talking about earlier when we were working, um, the wheelbase on those 1Ms, I'd... I've never driven one. Uh, my friend Samantha has one, and she's a little race car driver. Not little, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's a real intense race car driver, and this is her her daily, and I've seen it a couple times. And I have to say that I'm a huge fan of the Valencia Orange. That suits yeah. the car very, very well, especially with the body lines too, but it's a small car. Yeah, it's small, but basically what makes them so special is it has the N54 engine, which is the same in all the 335Is. It makes a little bit more power, but essentially it's the same engine, same turbos. Um, but it has a lot of the stuff from the E92 M3. So it has the LSD from the M3, uh, complete rear subframe, I believe. From the M3? Yeah, so it has I all of that. that. And all the suspension is exactly the same as the M3. So basically it's a combo car. Uh, that was kind of like, people say it was just slapped together because it's kind of not. I don't think it was ever meant to be built, but yeah, it's just for fun. The M division wanted to make it. So it's interesting that it just kind of borrows parts from every different, you know, two different cars. Yeah. And I had the opportunity in Miami to go out and shoot uh, a 1M like this, but it had a, a S65 in it. It had a V8. Yeah. And that was crazy that you can just tell that that car was not made to do all of that. It was manufactured in a way different way. And I understand people say it's slapped together because it kind of is, but I don't know, man. The, these cars are just so much 
fun. They're like little go-karts. They have a lot of potential. I saw Matt over at Obsessed Garage built one, and with his level of expertise, like that thing was, I don't want to be punny, but dialed in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, have you ever seen that, um, the white 1M that has the S65 in it? I think the owner's name is Marco. I I did. He's in San Diego, right? I, I think he's somewhere up in the Bay Area because I think uh, Performance Technic up oh. in the Bay Area did it. Okay. But yeah, it was like fully converted and done right. Like all the electronics work. So it's basically like an M3, um, but in a 1M body. Damn. I think Matt Farah did a video on it. I don't. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's where I saw it. I'm pretty sure I saw it from Target Trophy too with those guys, but they're they're from San Diego. That's maybe why I got it confused. But yeah, dude, I'm, I'm all for it. I think the 1M is a great car. I don't like the sound of it. I'm not a big fan of that, but I think the overall package and how it is, like it's, it's a great car. I'm just too big of a guy for it. I, I sat in the one in Miami, like, yeah, dude, I can't do this. <laughs> I still gotta like find one and do so, a video. Samantha, on come over. I know you're, you're in Irvine, so am I. Yeah, I want to drive one. Never yeah, driven one. I do too. Okay, uh, we have the. I feel like I had one more thing to say, but I completely forgot. Oh, uh, my homie Brandon out in Florida. He posted a Facebook post the other day, and he said that why doesn't BMW? What? How come BMW doesn't make? more wagons or like saloons in the m performance style where you have like an m motor m suspension like imagine yeah. I, I saw an f80 in the uk that was green that was a wagon and it was an m3 and it was a conversion i'm like why doesn't bmw do that yeah i think the simple answer answer to that is that no one would buy that i feel like people would though i've i think like look at the, the like the, people like us would yeah there's the enough people public, like us that would do it i guess yeah i mean i think just like you know, non-car people that are going to go buy an M3, they would not get a wagon version. But think it. about the dude who's rich and he's not even a car guy and he goes in to a Mercedes dealership and he's like, oh yeah, I would, I would love an E-Class. And then he's like, oh wait, you guys have a, a wagon AMG version that's Designo gray with loaded interior and the dude has plenty of money to blow and it's $200,000. Yeah. He's going to want, like that's going to be the top of the top for everybody. If there's a BMW uh, enthusiast group, like, Outside of that, I feel like BMW could supply enough cars, enough money, enough manufacturing. Like everything could line up where people would be like, yo, I want, imagine my car in a saloon. Yeah, it'd like be I'd, insane. It'd be so sick. I would yeah. rock the hell out of one of those, dude. Oh, yeah. So I, I wish, but unfortunately, I think the market just isn't there for I them. don't know, dude. I, if, if I'm crazy, somebody comment below and tell me if you would buy a saloon, a Wagon M car from the factory, not a conversion. But I would. I'm raising my hand right now in the video format if you're watching. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I think we're almost done. Um, the last thing we're going to talk about is uh, I, I wanted to bring up a topic that Parker and I are both photographers. We, I was a professional photographer for seven years. That was my career. And before that, I did it for, I don't know, man. I started at 14. I'm 28 now. So I've done it my whole life pretty much. And Parker's been doing it since he was like three and a half, I think, or two. Three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> and he, he has so much talent with landscape photography and car photography and he he has a lot going on but i don't feel like enough people know about it where dude parker you have a whole background in like landscape stuff yeah so back in 2011 when i was basically 12 years old i <laughs> got my first camera i started taking photos and stuff uh, basically where every night i, I mean i'm i was lucky enough to grow up near the beach so every night i would walk down to the beach and take landscape photos um, and eventually got to the point where i sold uh some prints and stuff and then I kind of moved into automotive stuff. So I haven't done a lot of landscape stuff in the past couple of years. 
Well, um, I know you're editing this right now, Parker. Insert a bunch of your landscape photography because we both have Flickers. I have like over 9,000 photos on my Flickr, which I haven't updated in forever. But Parker, you have a lot of cool stuff that Thanks. I think you could bring back your prints too. I, I wish I had my printing business still, but I think you could sell a lot of your stuff right now. Yeah, I just haven't really put it out there. And I've been so focused on my car and M54 builds recently that I think it would be cool to bring back prints or something like that because I used to make money off of it and people... Yeah. People wanted them all the time, so. I understand that completely. I'm the same way, too. I, I've been missing photography so much the last couple of weeks because I want to go yeah. take out my car to, to Huntington or go <laughs> shoot down in Seal Beach or Long Beach Port and just, I like taking photos. Video video is hard because you have to have a storyline. You got to have, like, the right angles. You got to have the right lighting. I know it's the same with photography, but photography is a little bit more, um, I wouldn't say easier, but I would say. To me, it's more rewarding. Yeah, I think. I mean, I was just looking through my Lightroom uh, camera roll, and I saw a bunch of photos from the shoot that we did with DJ Dub, mm -hmm. and so many of those photos turned out so great, and I kind of wish that I was still doing, like, a bunch of rollers and different automotive stuff. Yeah, I'm this, I mean, me too, dude. Trust me, when I put out a feature film and I watch it back and I get goosebumps, it's so rewarding. Yeah. Like, it took me, you know, nine hours to edit that video, and it took us two days over the weekend to get to San Francisco to do it. Like I, it's definitely rewarding, but photography too. Like when you land that one shot, dude, I, I mean like I, I was in the back of the car and I screamed, I'm like, that's the shot. That's it. Yeah. And that was a picture. We'll put it right here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I feel like I just missed photography and I wanted to bring that up and well next, next feature film, I'll have to do like a full uh, photo shoot for it too. Yeah. I think so too. Go wherever else. I think we're heading up to uh, Santa Barbara to see Mr. Brett Slicer. Oh yeah. We'll go see him and do a feature film on his car and his garage and all of his BBS wheels. Yeah. That would be a great video. Sweet. Okay. Well, I think uh, that's a time limit, guys. It's Saturday. I want to go enjoy the weekend, go see my mom, go uh, hang out, eat some. I'm craving some chips and salsa. That's my new obsession right now is chips and salsa. <laughs> it's refreshing. It's light. I got blue corn chips, dude. So good. Parker, in, uh, in 10 seconds, give me a breakdown of your thoughts on salsa and chips. Uh, salsa and chips, they're pretty good. Um <laughs> Five, you know, I have five. them every now and then, but sometimes it can be a little bit too salty. So <laughs> ten, good okay. man. Well, there I think <laughs> I think that's a great assumption or a summary of your opinion on on chips and salsa. Yep. Other than that, I hope you guys are enjoying episode two. If you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Parker Rep at Spencer Burke. Also, check out both of our YouTube channels. Everything is below. If you want to check out the day in life video we just put out of what we do for a living. Other than that, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank we you. appreciate it. Parker, thanks for editing these videos. Yeah, no problem. And we're out of here. See ya. See ya. I just realized, too, that this has a timer. So you can yeah, I, I was looking at that. I didn't even see that. That was like a good.